welcome to my podcast which is all about changing your business and money reality this is your master money coach dr gaurav dekha and you are money hello my friends how have you been how was your week i had the most illuminating weekend lot of fun lot of discoveries so many moments of joy and curiosity i was teaching this class called the greatest abundance secret it was a master class which i did last saturday and there were around 75 people all of us and we had the most amazing experience in understanding in realizing in witnessing that it's our thoughts that create our reality and not the other way around it's not our circumstances it's not our surroundings it's not our environment which determines what happens in our life the ambitions that we have and we create them the results that we get but it's actually how we want to think i taught something called the deliberate thought building process which is about aligning your thoughts towards the goal towards the objective that you want to create and it is a whole process which can be done by discovering the thoughts and feelings which do not help us to reach that goal so when we can witness when we understand the thoughts and feelings that do not help us to reach our desired goal we can then create deliberate thoughts to have those results to have those objectives met in our life and while i was teaching all of this i came across this portion this concept wherein i wanted to teach karma and how karma plays out with business with money and once again we had a lot of illuminations even there you know so much of knowing so many discoveries people went like oh my god what is happening and i have so many reviews so many testimonials from that portion of the class where people were taken aback you know by the discoveries and i'm going to tell you what i shared with them what i shared with each of them and what led to that illumination but before that i wanted to tell you all that you know i started my journey in the profession of healing as a past life regression therapist so when we do past life regression therapy we go back to people's past lives to incarnations which have happened before this life and we work on that life by witnessing by feeling by understanding the lessons of those lives and then what happens is whenever the client goes through an issue for example the client is going through um a stomach pain the client is going through an anxiety or the client is going through a relationship issue when we are able to move to those past lives or to that one particular past life where the root of this problem is and we are able to witness experience and feel that past life at a body level not just at a mental level but at the body level what happens is automatically after days and after weeks and sometimes after months the problem goes away people are healed of their physical health issues people are healed of their relationship issues people stop having money troubles and 
it was amazing to observe that sometimes people will not find results in a year's time or maybe in you know eight months time but then they would come back to me after like two years and they would tell me that things have changed things are not the way they were before and there that is where I realized and I practically applied the practice and concept of karma that there are things that happens in a previous lifetime in another incarnation which continues to affect this lifetime that there are unfinished business unfinished actions that continues to affect this particular life wherein the effect shows up in the form of an ailment a relationship issue, a money issue, and it's all spiritual work. And then from being a past life regression therapist, I went on to becoming an intergenerational trauma therapist because my interest grew more in that field. Where I started working with people's generational lines, their ancestors, and then we would observe that, you know, traumas that happen in families they often repeat that if a certain incident, which was traumatic in nature, which was very heavy, which was unprocessed, like a death or an accident or a mass massacre, or you know, people being evicted from their uh, homes or their country uh, or wars, um, all of this have an impact on the entire family and the family members later, maybe the sons or daughters or grandsons or great-grandsons experience the result of those unprocessed events, of those undiagnosed um, and unknown events. For example, in one case, we saw how there was this guy who came with the fear of I'm never going to have enough money. And then he kept saying, even though he had money, he kept saying that I suffer from this great fear that all the money will be gone. It will be all lost. There will be hordes and hordes and people who will come and take this money. I will be looted. And I asked, is that true? I mean, um, has that happened to you before? And he'd say, no, that has not happened, but that's what I consistently am anxious about. You know, this is something that perpetuates my mind all the time. And then we did some work with him. And then we went deeper into his family line. This is something that I teach in my systemic medicine course in family constellation course. I teach this intergenerational work. So coming back to his case, when we did the work with him, we realized and he knew about this fact, but he had not connected the dots, by the way. That it was his grandfather who happened to be a zamindar of Swedes and Swedes and Swedes of land, like lots of land. And there were lots of people who uh, were working on those lands, you know, farmers and laborers. And it was very well known, that story, that how his granddad, in a way, exploited all of these people took away their land, took away their money, didn't give them anything in return. And people were in a lot of anguish. They were in a lot of pain, but they didn't know what to do. They were all 
they all felt victimized. Now that story happened many, many years back. This guy who had come just knew about that story. He didn't even, he hadn't even met his grandfather. But then he felt that there will be hordes and hordes of people who will come and take all that money. Somehow he was suffering, going through a fear that was a result of someone taking away other people's money, other people's property, other people's land. It was like a twisted cycle where he was reliving the guilt and fear of not having the money. You can say that he was in a way identified with the guilt that his grandfather did not feel. He was identified with the fear that his grandfather did not feel. Or you can say that he was in a way atoning for what his grandfather did to the people, right? Then there's another example where another man who comes to work with me and he had a very strange, peculiar issue. He had just moved into a new house. He had bought a new house and he had moved in with his family. And right after he moved in, he started experiencing a lot of nausea. He would go into spells of anxiety. He would vomit. He would just not feel good inside the house. He would want to like exit the house and go away, you know, breathe in some fresh air. And initially he thought that there's something wrong with the house. Probably it's haunted, it's full of spirits and all of that. And then he met other people you know, these experts, sort of ghostbusters. <laughs> and, then, and then they all told him that, you know, that's not the case. And they couldn't figure out. He continued to feel his symptoms. And finally, he came to me and then we figured out that his mother's family, mother's um, parents and their parents were a part of the war and were a part of the India-Pakistan partition. And they were a part of all the riots that happened. So many lives were lost. And most importantly, that entire family lost all their property, lost all their houses. They had around three, four houses. They had to leave all of that and come to India with all of their belongings, everything they had in that land. And for the longest time, they had to live homeless without any money. And that feeling of being homeless, not having a house of your own, having to let go of everything that you have, your property, your home, my client was experiencing all of that. How? We don't know. But we can say that it is some form of family karma. That the feelings and traumatic experiences that went unresolved and undigested while those events happened 
in the lives of other people who lived before us, our grandparents, our ancestors. And we were reliving those experiences again. My client was reliving the feeling of being inside a house and feeling absolutely nauseous as if when he does not own the house, when he does not have the house, he is more loyal to his grandparents who did not have a home, who did not have property, who did not have their own land. It was as if by coming to this new house and living a happy life, he was in a way unconsciously betraying his grandparents, betraying his mother's family. Then there was this another case. I know I'm sharing a lot of cases, but these are very interesting. Of this guy who could not sleep because he felt that if he goes to sleep, he's going to be paralyzed. And it was very strange because he would keep checking his legs, keep checking his hands while he lay in bed and this fear that I'll be paralyzed. And that heavily impacted his waking up schedule. He was a very ambitious businessman and suddenly this, this fear coming up and not able to perform in his business and impacting because there's no sleep, entire sleep schedule is disturbed. And when we worked with him, it was a very short session, I remember. And I said, and I asked, did someone actually die of paralysis in your family? Then he immediately said that, well, it's my elder brother. And I was six and he was 10 and he died of this ailment uh, that he had since birth and he died of paralysis. His whole body turned into stone. And then we can see what might have happened to the family his mom, his dad, everyone in the family. We don't know how families process this kind of grief when a young child dies. And our client here in this case was carrying all this unprocessed fear, unprocessed anxiety, unprocessed grief in the form of experiencing this fear wherein he might die of, or he, he might have paralysis when he goes to sleep. What I mean to say from all these examples that I gave you is whether it is in this lifetime or whether it is in some other lifetime, whether it is we or whether it is our ancestors, the timeline might be anywhere. But when there are unprocessed feelings, when there are unprocessed emotions, when there are unprocessed experiences because they were too painful, they brought in too much of grief. They were too scary to witness. They were too disappointing to even accept and acknowledge. That leaves a form of residual energy. That leaves a form of postponed energy, which keeps coming up, which keeps cycling back to our lives. And that is what karma is. The repetition of the same. There is a compulsion in the energy of something that goes unresolved, something that goes unprocessed. What do I mean by unresolved and unprocessed? Unresolved and unprocessed is, are, are different words for what is unfelt. When someone dies in the family, we are unable to feel the grief fully. 
We are unable to feel the painfully. Of course, it's painful. We mask it. We hide it. When people are driven off from their lands, the shock and trauma of experiencing that numbs the nervous system. No one feels it. People are in survival mode. When so many victims lose all their money, they go into the numb, frozen state, and some of them commit suicide, and they don't feel, and all of that energy remains unfelt. When in a previous lifetime, there is a traumatic death, and people are either beaten up, or they are shamed to commit suicide, or you know they go through an accident, there are unfelt feelings there because people go into numbing, people go into shocking, people go into freezing. People disconnect from their bodies inside traumatic experiences. And that leaves a residual effect of those experiences because they're unfelt. So when I was doing this masterclass, I asked everyone, what is karma? And everyone said that, you know, you... Uh, reap what you sow and whatever you put out in the universe, you get it. And um, your actions determine what kind of result you are going to get. And if you have done bad stuff in, in the past, then that is going to come back to you. I said, all of that is true. It is all cyclical in nature. But what truly is karma is, karma is the residual energy of everything that is unfelt and unprocessed. When we unconsciously choose something, go into habits or have habit-forming behaviors which are not helping us, which do not produce the desired result, then that keeps on repeating. If we keep making the same choice as the same results keep on repeating. And that's karma because we have not felt our unconscious choices. You know, I feel scared about my upcoming presentation. And the next thing I do is I go to my fridge, I open it and I warm up all the noodles and I gulp them because I want to not feel, I want to buffer my feelings. It's an unconscious way of managing my stress because I'm just reacting to it. I'm just going to do it again and again. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it next week. And it's going to keep on repeating. And well, I'm not only going to gain weight, but I'm going to become unhealthy and it's going to lead to disease and ailment if that is the process that I use in order to ameliorate my pain of this fear that's, that comes up. So when actions and the thoughts behind those actions are unconscious, they're unfelt, they come from a space where we are not very aware of what we are feeling. When we don't allow ourselves to feel our feelings, that's what creates karma, okay? So anything that goes unfelt, unprocessed, unwitnessed, unacknowledged leads to creation of karma. Karma is the 
residual energy, postponed energy of anything that is unfelt. So in a way, it's a memory of everything that has gone unfelt. Now, how does it apply to business? Because here we do want to talk about business. How does it apply to business? So there are feelings in business that sometimes we do not feel or we do not want to feel simply because it's so painful to feel them. For example, when we let go of an employee and we feel bad about it, sometimes we feel guilty, sometimes we feel angry and we want to complain and we immediately replace them without processing our feelings about them. And when the replacement happens and someone else comes into that role, we start having the same kind of issues that we had with the previous employee. These new people start behaving like the old one. For example, they don't work on time. They don't come on time. They do not give you the kind of quality and result that you are expecting. And you wonder, why does it keep on happening? Well, it does keep on happening because your feelings about that first or previous employee has gone unprocessed. That we did not sit down to feel those feelings that we had about them. Instead, we thought the solution is to simply replace them. Similarly, when we fall out with a business partner, let's say, with whom we had started our organization, started our company together. And now because of the falling out, we feel alone, we feel a little helpless, but then we don't process those feelings. Instead, we go into the revenge mode, we go into anger and anguish sometimes, and the competition mode. And all we do is we, we simply want to prove to the world that I can do it. And the more I go with that aggression and angst into the world, the lonelier I feel. And I'm not able to understand that even though I'm making progress in my business, even though I'm doing well, even though I'm in my competitive spirit, why is it that I feel lonely? I feel lonely because my initial feelings with that fallout that happened was loneliness, was helplessness, was this deep vulnerability that I felt, but I did not allow myself to feel that. Instead, I buffered that with probably, you know, more business decisions, buffered that with a lot of aggression. I buffered that with acquisition, with getting more sales, with, you know, trying to reach out to all the people, my prospective clients and all of that with even more competition, with even more angst. And the more I do it, the more lonely I feel because that's the feeling that has gone unprocessed. So here karma is operating. As I said, karma is the residual effect, residual energy of everything that goes unfelt. Now, how does this appear for coaches, healers, and therapists? Because that's the community I work most with. How does this make sense and appear in this, in this group, in this community. So you must understand if all coaches and healers and therapists are listening to me right now, you must understand that 
our coaching career and our healing career, it often begins with we entering healing ourselves, with we entering coaching ourselves. We seeking a solution to our problems and then we enter that field and we go through the healing, we go through the coaching. And that is true for most of us. 99% of students that I teach are people who have come to this field because they wanted to experience that. They were seeking a solution and they found the solution here. And when that happens, and we start experiencing the positive effects of healing and positive effects of coaching, we also want to give that out to the world. We also want to offer that out to the world. And so we go in and we learn. And when that happens, as a result of all the healing that we are going through, we are still going through, even though we are working as coaches and healers, we are still going through our own self-work, our own inner work. And that's why we also attract a lot of wounded souls and people who have similar issues as we have, which means our clients can bring up similar problems and that can trigger something in us because we are going through the healing at that point of time ourselves also. Healing is never a process that reaches some kind of miraculous, magical conclusion. And from there on, I am healed. And now I can see clients and work with them because I'm healed. It never happens like that. It's like saying that a doctor is never going to fall ill because he sees patients and he's supposed to be healthy all the time. That doesn't happen, right? So similarly here, certain things that the client brings up on the table can trigger the healer, trigger the coach. Because it might remind them of something from their own life, something that is unhealed in their own inner landscape. And many times, instead of using that as an opportunity to look into our own inner landscape as coaches, as healers, we feel so triggered that we take it personally. Certain conversations don't go well with the client. As a result, the client at times may blame us for their situation. They may say, oh, the therapy or the coaching or the healing doesn't work. They may sometimes ask for a refund. They may even hold us responsible for their misery that they are experiencing in their life with their spouse, with their mother, with their boss. And while none of that is true, simply because people are responsible for their own feelings and their own actions, and it's not us, it may so happen that we may take these point of views really personally. We may make it something about ourselves, our self-worth. And then we don't process these feelings. We feel we don't have the agency to look at them. We feel so triggered that we don't want to uh, give this, these feelings space inside our bodies. We feel so reactive that even we want to blame, even we want to react against the world, even we want to, you know, you know, stand back, you know, give back with a lot of aggression because we believe in those point of views. So when we do not process those feelings and when they go unwitnessed and unacknowledged and unfelt, 
even though we go ahead in our life, in our career, as a coach, as a healer, we may continue to create clients who blame us. It doesn't matter now that you have moved from, let's say, one-on-one -on -one coaching to a group coaching and you have hundreds of people you are working with, you will still find people who will blame you. You will still find people, you will continue to find people who will ridicule you for your work. Out of 2,000 people you are working with or 20,000 people you are working with, you may continue to find people who will ask not only for discounts, but also for refunds. You may also continue to find people who will not take responsibility of their work, not take responsibility of their feelings because you did not take responsibility of your feelings when someone held you responsible for their misery. So everything that you may have experienced five years back, 10 years back, 20 years back, 30 years back, all those unresolved and unprocessed feelings with a client can show up in your current business. And you may think of these as business problems. You may want to eliminate certain people from your circle, from your group, from your coaching containers, because that is how you feel you will reach the solution. But that is not the solution. The solution is to track down how these events make you feel because these feelings do not come from your current situation. They come from previous situations. Five years back, 10 years back, 30 years back. These experiences come from previous clients. From that point in your business when it was nascent, when it was growing. And when you try to Manage this by eliminating certain people, taking business measures, by making your containers more strict, by making your emails more strict, your suggestions and instructions stricter and stricter, and you know probably employing more and more people to manage all these you know uh, people who are complaining all the time. It is not going to solve the situation. Instead, you are going to become overwhelmed. You are going to become burnt out, and you will go back to the same unhealed state with which you started this journey. Back to square one, cyclical action, karma. That's what happens. And that is why feeling the uncomfortable feelings is so important. Even in the masterclass, I kept on saying that you have to feel what you did not feel. Many people asked me, how do you feel what you did not feel. And I said that that is exactly what I teach inside ATEPS because I can't teach you that in two hours of time or two and a half hours of time. So that's the length of the masterclass. I can, of course, give you certain free resources inside the class because now we also have a Facebook group, by the way, for all the masterclass students who attended the masterclass live and who are also buying the replay of the masterclass. We are giving them a Facebook group where they can actually talk about their thoughts and feelings. And I can give them resources inside the group, but I can't teach them fully to feel their feelings. That is something I do inside ATEPS. And that is why I call ATEPS as a trauma-informed container. Because you see, the negative effect of not doing it, not feeling our feelings. Let's say inside ATEPS, I have students there. And I celebrate my students like anything. You see, I keep posting testimonials all the time. I keep posting how much money they have made inside ATEPS. And the truth is, if the feelings go unfelt, 
if the karma generated by the unprocessed, unresolved feelings keep on working, then my students and clients inside ATEPS will probably create a lot of money, but go back to square one once again. Because the cycle is going to repeat. Those feelings are going to come back in the form of residual energy. And it'll be very much like winning the lottery, hordes and hordes of money, and then losing it the next day. That's not what I want my students to experience. I want them to make money, feel all the uncomfortable, painful, discomforting feelings that they have had in the initial stages of their business or in the middle stages of their business, process them, and then create new choices, new actions, and new results. And not only create these new results, but also sustain them. This is what we call developing capacity inside our nervous system to receive more. You are able to receive more when you feel what went unfelt, when the karma ends. And the karma ends when we are able to process those feelings. That's what we did in a past life regression therapy session, that we felt what went unfelt. That's what we did in ancestral and intergenerational work, that everything that went unfelt in those generations, now the individual, uh, the client feels, and they are able to resolve it by feeling it. That's when the power of the residual energy ends because the energy was thriving on the fact that everything went unfelt. So now that the feeling is there, now that we have been able to move through that experience, now that we have been able to feel it from A to Z, it's over. That's how it gets over. And this is something I teach inside ATEPS all the time. And I know that this is a deeply spiritual concept and a spiritual practice. But who said that ATEPS is not a spiritual container? ATEPS is a spiritual container. ATEPS is a trauma-informed container. And I'm so proud that I'm doing this work with my students. I'm so proud that my students are constantly making changes by going back to everything that is unresolved and feeling what went unfelt. So I'm going to leave you guys here today. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you next week. Hey guys, if you were not a part of my masterclass last Saturday, The Greatest Abundance Secret, the only thought model you need in order to make money, you can now buy this class. So when you come to this class, the first thing that you are going to get is a replay of this whole class. Along with that, you're going to find a 20-page workbook. And then there is also a Facebook group with lots of people there helping you to make your thought models to question your thoughts and feelings, to go into your inner landscape and do the inner work by which you can create more abundance and money in your life. And along with that, you are also going to find five of my audio lectures uploaded in that group that you can listen to. These lectures are about different topics that I teach in the class. You will also find the transcript of the class. And all of this is just for 2,500 rupees. All you have to do to buy the classes, go to my Instagram handle at Dr. Gaurav Deka. Go to the link in bio. You'll find a tab there and click on the tab and buy the class. See you there. 
If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are willing to change your business and money reality, head to my free coaching community on Facebook called You Are Money. Link is in the show notes. And do not forget to leave a review on Spotify.com or Apple Podcast. Thank you so much.